0: The world's not as simple as it used to be. It's not enough to be a good guy anymore. We have to be the best. The time has come. All
1: will be accounted for. Or we will hunt them. Stand up. It's time to be the heroes we were always meant to be. some chocolate. Let me, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop doing that, first of all. But I'm also gonna finish it.
0: <laughs> Aldo mentioned Super Eyepatch Wolf earlier. John, do you know Super Eyepatch Wolf? We've
1: talked about him enough. Why haven't you watched him?
0: <sighs> I mean, we I don't think we've talked about Super Eyepatch Wolf as much as we've talked about like Patrick Willems.
1: No, no. We've yeah. talked about him quite a bit, I think.
2: Yeah. I didn't hear a hushed tone like there is when you bring up Patrick Willems, who I've seen a few things and I enjoy it, so I'm not like opposed. It's just... One more thing on the pile, you know? I got a lot of stuff to get through that... I, I actually almost reached out to you guys last night because I was like, I can't watch this movie that I've seen a million times again. I need to watch a new movie, and I'll, I'll ask the guys what I should watch. Oh, Mariah. And, and okay, well, that's what I'll watch tonight if I'm not too tired. Because I was like, they're going to judge me, and they're gonna. And then I watched King of the Hill. So <laughs> it was... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still new. It's still new because I'm, I'm working my way through it, but... How are you liking King of the Hill? Um, it's great. It's great. I I uh it's like well written and like I I like to kind of look at like how it's structured as far as like a show, you know, mm-hmm. and like moving through the A plot, the B plot whatever and uh the characters are funny and um everyone's voice just cracks me up. So I'm enjoying it. I didn't I didn't like it at first because there were enough people growing up that were actually like the the residents of Arlen, Texas. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I didn't, it it was, it's satire, but I didn't realize that. I was like, well, this is for rednecks, and I I don't want to be associated with that kind of thing. Yeah. So I avoided it for a long time, not getting what it's all about. And also forgetting about Mike Judge, because dude's funny.
1: I don't know if you've gotten that far, but have you gotten to the episode where Hank accidentally becomes a pimp? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's,
2: uh, oh, there's been a lot of crazy ones, but, um. I have not gotten to that one yet.
1: I, I think what I love the most about King of the Hill is how it's kind of the story of like a middle-aged man, kind of a middle-aged conservative man from Texas, right? Kind of yeah. being forced to look at the world through another point of view. Like every ep- like not every, but like a lot of episodes, really challenge his worldview. Um, yeah, and that's something that's so. I, I, I don't know. It's so interesting to me, right? Because you'd think if this was like an actual... Like a linear story, right? With the beginning, middle, and end. It would end with him being like this completely different person. Which he kind yeah. of becomes more open about stuff, but like...
2: Well, and he... He's still a good person. Mm-hmm. He's a good neighbor. He's a good dad. He's a good husband and all of that kind of stuff. And so you know that, like, the initial reservation about his son doing prop comedy or <laughs> wanting to be a rodeo clown or whatever goofy crap Bobby's into. <laughs> the one I just watched is where they think that uh, Bobby might be the reincarnation of a llama. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> not, <laughs> um, sorry, not like a llama, but like a Dalai Lama, yeah, like yeah. a Buddhist monk. And uh, he's like, we are Christians, <laughs> what kind of Christians are we? Uh, and the ghost of the church, Methodist. That's right, we're Methodists. And like, <laughs> the, the Methodist preacher, she's totally She's totally fine with Bobby being Like, well, if Bobby's going to get some like spirituality out of this, why not? And he's like. Nope, we are Methodists, and just like, <laughs> and then ultimately, like he's you know nice about it and everything, but um, and like Bobby decides that he doesn't want to give up, you know, Connie from next door or whatever to be a monk, mm-hmm. um, but it's like, yeah, it's it's oh, oh, if only more people could be like this, like, you know, it's not worth sticking to, you know outdated like mindsets and you know Mm -hmm. change a little you know and be be a better neighbor and yeah so it's i'm really enjoying that nice and that that voice is hilarious every (laughs) single time so dang it bobby um but mirai is i mean i it's been on my list for a while so is it gonna be one that makes me sad because i've avoided a couple of shows i forget which one
1: it won't make you totally sad. There's like a couple moments in the middle that you'll be like, oh, I remember what it was like to be a child. But other than that, no, it's, and it it's pretty feel good. It's yeah, it's a pretty happy movie.
0: That's a, that's a, oh my gosh, i blanking on his name for some reason. Mamoru I, Hosoda. I, yeah, Hosoda. I, Makoto Shinkai's got a new movie coming out, so Shinkai's on my brain, but uh, Hosoda's movies are usually really like feel good and uplifting uh, even if they have some heavy stuff in them. Wolf children is the only one that I could think of that like emotionally just destroys me.
1: Oh yeah. I I can't vouch at all for uh, the Boy and the Beast cuz it's the only one I haven't seen yet. But yeah, that I mean they're they're all pretty good. Yeah, Wolf Children is the one that just leaves me a shell of a man. Yeah. It's sad. I I have to I mean, but it's it's bittersweet too cuz it's like coming of age. Like there's just I don't know. It's just, for me, it, it parallels a lot of, like, what me and my sister kind of went through with my mom growing up. Yeah. Uh, so, it hits really close to home for, like, my family. I uh With the that. exception of my dad, who is alive and not a wolf. <laughs> in that order, in fact. <laughs> in that order, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it does hit a lot of us, like, really close to home. So, like, I think it just has, like, that extra tinge where, like, I, you know, you could be getting stabbed by a knife. But mine's serrated. <laughs> yeah. Mar- Mariah, on the other hand, is really about the stories we pass down to one another and kind of reach yeah. into our family history and kind of the magic we create from the stories that we tell that are totally based on, like, reality, but just how we've changed them and how those stories change us, which is, I think, the most succinct way to, like, give the thesis on that movie and not talk about time travel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, there's time travel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking over the synopsis here. I think it might still make me cry, jerks. I mean, so, but
1: it'll, we'll be, it'll
0: be like in a good way.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're not sad tears.
0: They're tears of contentment? That's probably not quite What?
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know. You'll, you'll, you'll be sad, but you'll suck it up because it's a good movie. Let's talk about comics. Mm-hmm. This is the Superhuman Registration Podcast. We don't talk about nerdy stuff like feelings and anime. We talk about manly stuff like comics and different anime. <laughs> <laughs> my name is steven i've got john and aldo with me this evening how are you guys doing
1: i have the weakest conviction because i'm already eating more chocolate given though i said before the podcast i would stop <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh boy I, that's that's why my jelly beans are in the other room <laughs> I can't sneakily get them in the course of the podcast. John's recording is really quiet there in the middle. What's what's the deal? and there was a? Did you catch a like a like a package opening? I don't know what you're talking. I would just about.
1: I would just love it in the middle of your recording. You just hear a little. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I can't eat sugar while recording. Holy cow! You guys are resilient. What? No,
2: can't can't eat anything while recording because. Uh, I, uh, there have been morning radio shows that are still on the air that frequently one of the hosts eats, eats, and it, it's like, you are, you are a professional, and I can hear you eating, and it's the most disgusting sound. Why would you ever do that? I mean,
0: I'm not even talking about like the lip-smacking sound. I'm talking about like the crud that accumulates in your throat.
1: Yeah, uh, I try not to. Today, I'm a weak man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Stephen, you've had chocolate. You've, you've had chocolate, right? Oh, I, I have had chocolate in my <laughs> time.
2: Starburst jelly beans also have an advantage over every other jelly bean because you can reach in and grab all of them without looking, and there's no awful surprises. You're not going to get a buttered popcorn one. You're not going to get a black licorice one. It's all fruit. Okay, but there is a very clear hierarchy, correct? Sure. Red. Obviously, yeah. What's your favorite flavor of red? Either red or pink. I do. I am quite partial to pink. Same as the same as the regular Starburst. The jelly beans follow the same rule. Red, pink, all the best. Uh, orange and grape on occasion are like ooh, a nice little reminder. As long as as long as le, the uh, yellow is lemon and not banana, I'm good. I like lime and green apple, so green's always fine with me. Whatever Mentos green apple are delightful.
0: One of my one of my favorite flavors is. That really sickeningly sweet artificial banana flavor of like Runtz candy. So good. So good.
1: I I feel uncomfortable that the Starburst website asks you for your date of birth before you can go in. (laughs) Because it wants us to, hold on, experience some unexplainably juicy content. What? What kind?
0: Nope. The Venn diagram of Starbursts and Pornhub Got a little <laughs> bit more overlappy today, and I don't like it.
1: Yep, I am uncomfortable Candy wife have done this to me.
0: Let's try to assuage some of those feelings by talking about some comics. Where do you guys want to start tonight? At the beginning. Oh, very good place to start, Maria Von Trapp. A very good place to start. <laughs> <coughs>
1: uh, you know what, I... <laughs> I can't remember the books we read, and I read both of them yesterday. <laughs> we read D- Deadpool
2: and Demon Day. Let's start yeah. with Deadpool. Okay, let's start with Deadpool. Hey, this is Deadpool Volume 4, as it turns out. Um, I was looking up some information about it. Deadpool Volume 4, this is during the Dark Rain arc. Right after the Scroll invasion, Secret Invasion, we have Dark Rain, where Norman Osborn is the head of Avengers. And we get basically three issues of a fight between hawkeye who's really bullseye the villain and deadpool i was gonna say anti-hero and that doesn't really fit as much as you know deadpool they uh here's the here's the interesting thing guys i'm gonna level with you i said i would summarize this story i was excited to read it again because i had read it before Um, i thought that i owned physical copies of this i don't i just somehow have read this before and um, my app stopped working. Oh, no. Can't get it. Can't open it. I get the Hydra page every time I look at the pages of these, uh, of these books. I remember it well, uh, but not uh, specifics. So I was going to just BS my way through it and just see how long it took you guys to notice. But um, <laughs> I've already failed because I wanted to shout out the creative team because I remember the art being good, but I cannot recall... I believe Deadpool just wants to get money from Norman Osborn. And Hawkeye, well, de- or, uh, Bullseye... John, do
1: you really not remember any of this? No, I remember I remember
2: some of it. I remember some of it. So, <laughs> oh there's boy. a... The, de- hold on. Let's see if I can do it. So You're already wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's,
1: that's, I had to butt in.
2: <laughs> okay, so Norman Osborn wants to kill Deadpool, and he sends his Hawkeye who is Bullseye after him but because they're both killers and both really skilled they kind of have a respect for each other Bullseye and Deadpool and they trade blows and hurt each other pretty bad and meat suit is involved flashbacks to when they were kids together but probably it's just Deadpool being crazy and um, Deadpool saying I want to be in a meat suit and then he gets his childhood ambition and Bullseye ends up paying Deadpool and telling him he has to lay low just to keep him off Norman Osborn's radar. And he says that Norman Osborn is paying him off, but really it's Bullseye paying him off because they kind of begrudgingly respect each other. Not really begrudgingly, they kind of like each other. Kind of uh, professional courtesy, and they're both, you know, twisted in the head. It was very much like a, what if uh, Looney Tunes was allowed to show blood kind of fight style, you know, where they were brutally um, hurting each other. Um, In a a very funny way. I can't remember what sets it off. Now you found me out. I don't know anything and I fail at life.
1: Uh, Norman Osborn is giving an interview and Deadpool shows up with the prototype teleporter just to taunt him that he's still alive. See, that's much better. This is why I don't write comics. (laughs) Also, the creative team is Daniel Way and pencils by Paco Medina. Inks by Juan Blasco. Colors by uh, Marte Gracia. Letters us by Cory Pettit.
2: Cory, I knew Cory Pettit was there. Cory Pettit pops up a lot. He's a he's he's here. He's there. He's everywhere. We have
1: five letters. You can you can, you guess. You can typically guess that pretty, pretty easily.
2: We have a couple of times Deadpool pops up on our list, and um, this ends kind of in a rough way where he gets so bored that he shoots himself. Oof. And so that's not great. Nope kind of speaks to how Deadpool deals with his powers a little bit because you know he can't die heals from everything but has cancer and is in pain a lot and probably still remembers all of the horrible things that have been done to him so he is straight up nuts as one would be after experiencing such trauma so it kind of ends on a bummer um but there's some uh, madcap uh jinx and japes along the way with uh what these two assassins trying to to do each other in? What did you all think of it?
1: Uh, I'm a little saddened that you didn't mention that the pizza scene at the beginning of this story was adapted in the Deadpool movie with Ryan Reynolds. It was. Mm-hmm. I have not s- have not seen the movie. Either. What your vibe, but Binging
0: with Babish covers this?
1: Really? Yeah, i mean been. Steven, I understand. He hates fun. But you, I knew that John. bit. Of, I knew that bit of.
2: I knew that bit of trivia but I didn't want to be like, did you know that it was cuz I haven't seen the
1: movie so. Oh my gosh, I'm just disappointed with what I know, that. I know. Less less with Steven, I'm used to it. But... <laughs> 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 I mean, fair. <laughs> Steven, I can I could rely I can rely on his animeness. With you, with you John, I thought I could rely on your, your movie
2: I'm sorry I failed you.
1: mm mm-hmm, Mhm, think about what you've done.
2: I had a hard time with this book, guys. <laughs> You couldn't just see it as a uh, as a goopy uh, goopy. (laughs) I mean, it
0: was it was both of those things. It was it It was 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 yes, it was very goopy goofy,
1: (laughs) a very goopy movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. oh, 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 oh.
0: Oh gosh! But it was like the thing is, I could see it as like this fun goofy romp with these two basically cartoon characters. And when it was doing that, I enjoyed it. When it was Deadpool kind of cracking wise and and you know almost doing like a like a Woody Woodpecker pop in, cause mischief, do a little ha 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 ha, and then duck out. Like all of that stuff, I liked. I, the the violence every time you know somebody got brutally shot in the face or whatever. Ugh, I struggled with it.
1: That's rough. You know. Uh, I don't know. I kind of felt par for the course for Deadpool for me. I mean I I, I I mean maybe I'm a little bit more desensitized to it than you guys, but like it just felt like whatever. I've always said this. I hate Deadpool as a standalone <laughs> character. As a standalone character, cannot will not tolerate him. But whenever he has somebody to play off of, whether it's a team or like an antagonist in this, I think that's when he shines. There's a couple of things I do like, especially like kind of how we were it gets very Looney Tunes ish. There's that part at the end where it really feels kind of like a Roadrunner thing where uh, where Hawkeye slash Bullseye is coming out of seemingly like out of nowhere with a van or a truck trying to run him over while they're both on a road. And it feels very really like Roadrunner and Wily e. Coyote type thing. You know, Deadpool fires the missile and it goes through the window.
0: Flip that. Bullseye fires the missile and Deadpool was in the truck.
1: Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like we get a lot of that. Best moment in the book. That was really mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. So there's like that stuff, right? Some of the stuff I liked in particular is so like one of Deadpool's I don't want to say gimmicks but one of his like trademarks is that his thought bubbles speak to him and I like that because he's waking up after being shot in the head with a, with one of a you know bull sized arrows he's recovering this is like in the second book he's recovering and one one of his thoughts one of his thought bubbles comes back which is the creative one not the thinking one they specifies that. And the, the other one that like, takes a little bit longer to come back. While well, he's still recovering from being shot in the head. I thought that was particularly novel. I, I like that as a, as a joke. Because that's one of the few good jokes that Deadpool has.
0: And that's where Meat Suit came from. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking part of his brain couldn't come up with anything other than Meat Suit.
1: Yeah. And then when he got in a fight, uh, you know, Bullseye was beating his meat.
0: Ah, yeah, that's the other part that bothers me. Like, if Deadpool weren't so obviously juvenile... I think I would like it better. Because there's a lot of stuff in this book that I do like. Uh, Really great cartooning, really great art, really strong, vibrant colors, which I think serve the tone very well. And Deadpool, as sort of like a farcical character, is one that you can do irreverent stories about characters with. Like, Bullseye is a character who carries a lot of weight in Daredevil, right? hmm yeah you don't have to treat him with any reverence in a deadpool story you can have him be embarrassed that he's losing to deadpool you can have him be embarrassed that norman osborne is chewing him out and it's not like i don't know it works but then you have people getting shot in the face for kicks and giggles and yeah i don't know don't love that
1: deadpool comics are for dude bros who think that violence and gore means it's a mature book yeah yeah yeah, which again is why I, don't, I just I I'm not a big fan of the humor. It's really not even the violence that bothers me. It's honestly the humor. I think eighty percent of the shots that Deadpool shoots for me are misses. I really don't find the character funny on his own. So I do I do like this book because it is him kind of playing off of Hawkeye, and you know, like you said, Hawkeye is, isn't or not Hawkeye. I mean, yes, Hawkeye, <laughs> but Dark Bullseye is confusing. Bullseye, yes, Hawkeye. Yeah, but Bullseye here is very. He's very much the straight man, obviously, but not, like, an actual serious straight man. He is, you know, being laughed at here, essentially. That's fun.
0: Yeah, I think that's reasonable. It it kind of, I don't know, meshes with, with my experience with the story. The The stuff that I thought was best was, like, when he shows up to embarrass Norman Osborn on TV. That was a hoot. Mm-hmm. I liked the weird sort of flashback where Deadpool tries to, like like, intercedes... or intervenes in in Bullseye's flashback and the two kids, like, team up to burn down the whole school. Like, that's kind of fun uh, in a horrifying sort of way. I like the bit where uh, Deadpool's walking around with an arrow through his head, picking up a self-help radio station. That's kind of fun. But at the same time, like, that sequence is followed up immediately with Deadpool killing some guy who is kind of operating under duress. Like, Bullseye says, if you don't kill Deadpool, uh, I'm gonna kill you. And so Daredevil, or excuse me, Deadpool just takes a meat cleaver to the guy's head, and it's just, uh, it's
1: kind of mean spirit. Yeah, but, you know, but he also said F, you know, F the FDA, so, like, clearly how good of a guy is he?
0: I mean, <laughs> complaining about a government bureaucracy is not really a capital offense.
1: No, but I don't want to hear that from the guy preparing my meat.
0: Uh, fair. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Bullseye's like, and no, I'm a vegetarian. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, what else do we have to say about Deadpool? Ending's upsetting. It's it's for dude
2: bros. It's, um, you know, appealing to that level of humor. Um, but I've, I've read, other Deadpool I've read, um, I'll agree with Aldo, when it's a buddy cop situation, it works when there's a straight man for Deadpool's ridiculousness. That's why Deadpool and Cable, I think, work. That's why a Deadpool comic I have, he gets blamed for a murder. He didn't do it. And he ends up teaming up with Spider-Man and Daredevil while the Punisher is hunting him and then finally convinces the Punisher that he didn't do it. So all of them team up against the bad guy. It's Tombstone, or Tombstone is involved in it at some point. But, um, yeah, it's very Deadpool. It's very trying to be edgy and adult and all that kind of stuff but the the parts that are good the parts that at work is seeing spider-man as the straight man and not the goofy one because he's next to deadpool that was an interesting dynamic this book we get to see oh there's a bad guy and there's you know he's the straight man to deadpool because deadpool's wacky they're both you know psychopaths but Deadpool's on a whole other level I uh, I want to enjoy it, but also don't want to like lump myself in with people who are like Deadpool.
0: <laughs> 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 I don't want to dislike characters very often. Like I really do try to look for the good in characters, uh, in their stories, and in their potential and things like that. It's it's a struggle with some characters. I struggle with the Punisher a lot nowadays. I struggle with Deadpool pretty constantly. Although I've read enough like good Deadpool stories to know that there's potential there. I just don't think that they're the majority of them. Uh and I do think this sort of like adolescent understanding of what makes a mature story really hampers the character. Cause like, I think you can do I mean we know you can do a good Deadpool story about suicide, where the character kind of acknowledges, look, this is my limit, right? We've we've got that one on the on the list already. This story where the character like shoots himself in the face at the end of it for a shocking last panel moment, you know he's not like gone. He literally just survived a headshot. It feel, it treats a very, very serious subject matter with very little respect. And while I don't necessarily think that we censor people and say you can't do that, I do think it's reasonable to be put off by that. And I don't know, I think that's the direction that Deadpool is more inclined to go in, is just peddling on shock and extreme edginess to lend this sort of illusion of depth that i don't think is really warranted just leave him at the bugs bunny level he works best there
1: not it's not that i don't disagree here's the thing i don't disagree but i also don't agree i am of the opinion that deadpool is very much an edgy character like an edge for the sake of edge not necessarily meaningful or having really anything to say about anything not that like he has to come with the territory that just is the territory of of him and i think if that type of stuff makes you uncomfortable don't read deadpool
0: fair actually i would 100 percent agree with that that's why i don't read johnny the homicidal maniac it's the same thing it's like that's not for me
1: (laughs) i i think there are like exceptions not necessarily of like people but i think deadpool stories right like that's not the type of humor that you should put in a book that just has Deadpool right like if if you're reading an Avengers book and there is a Deadpool suicide joke yeah I feel like that is a little uncalled for but I think for his own solo stuff like that's just kind of like who he is so I think if you if you're gonna read Deadpool and you're gonna read Deadpool like the main book that's something that's like you kind of just have to accept as part of the territory and if you don't like it I think it's just like yeah because you know not every book is meant to be written for everybody and i don't know maybe that's kind of a weird opinion but no i
0: think that is entirely fair i'm okay with with not being the target audience for everything Mm -hmm. i am conceptually okay with the idea that there are going to be stories out there that i'm going to find objectionable that other people are going to like yeah yeah It's just a shame because I think there is a way to use humor to
2: take the sting out of things like these serious subject matters. But when it's done for cheap laughs and it's juvenile, then it takes away from good things that um, you know aren't afraid to, like comedians who who will do sets about serious topics. That um, are still hilariously funny while also being very touching and poignant. When it's just like derp, this is the last panel. I'm gonna shoot myself. That not not really on the same level. It's a shame. We knew it was a we knew it was a Deadpool book when we picked it up. But, yep. Um, should not have been like surprised
1: yeah <laughs> i think for me the thing that impresses me the most is the fact that it had stuff in it that i did like which i typically like you know like i've mentioned you know i was surprised that i actually didn't kind of enjoy this from beginning to end i think a lot of the other stuff that i've read i'm just kind of like i'm already over it when it starts kind of like my brief ventured into like uh was it deadpool kill where he kills a bunch of books or something something dumb like that
0: something dumb like that
1: yeah, and I started reading it like the first two pages in and I was like, I'm never gonna recommend this. <laughs> but that's like that's just me though. And I'm never gonna wreck this book. Guilty to <laughs> the two. But also does this book have a like a like an age rating on it? It does
0: have a parental advisory. Yeah. That's oh, okay. that's as that's as much as uh, comics tend to do is a parental advisory. Like it's a like it's a, you know the latest Dr. Dre album or something. Gotcha. Anything else we want to say about this book? I like. I I think it's a pretty resounding not for us.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I, I remember you know it being funny, but um... and it does have some good laughs in it.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely does. I think for for it being three issues and it being a comedy, I think at least for me, this one does hit more often than misses, which is not my typical experience. I was really happy with it. You know, it's just it's just you know. Deadpool's just not for everybody, and most of the time, he's not for me.
0: Does that mean we move on now? Sure. Yes. <laughs> is there something else that somebody wants to say?
2: No. I, you were gonna. Were you gonna summarize the next one? Yeah, it's
0: it's me. Okay, let's <laughs> wait for you. Boy, this is awkward. <laughs> 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 um, we're, we we've been doing this how long?
1: <laughs> not long enough, apparently. How long have we
0: been doing this? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, in addition to this, this like Deadpool story, we read. Demon Days, a really odd offering from Peach Momoko. This is basically a one-woman show. Peach Momoko is the sole creator, with the exception of, I think, the text itself. The English adaptation was provided by Zach Davison, which makes me question, like, did Peach Momoko write this in Japanese and Davison translated it? And then the lettering was performed by Ariana Mar Mayer? Mar. I never know, quite know how to pronounce that. Uh, from Virtual Calligraphy. Odd, really interesting story. Uh, the very first issue, and it, uh, I'm gonna get the issue names kind of messed up because... It's five different issues, all with different titles, but they're all number one in their series, but they are all connected. Yeah, a little bit confusing. The first issue is Demon Days X-Men, which ends with this kind of odd reveal that the whole story that we've been reading is actually a manga that is being read by a young woman named Mariko. Mariko is uh, living with her grandmother and a nanny who uh, appears to be working for some mysterious malevolent being who we don't quite know who it is, who really seems to have some sort of grudge against Mariko. Mariko goes on a quest to learn more about her heritage, find out what is uh, going on with this, this demon who is after her. And along the way, she encounters all sorts of different demons, ogres, even a couple of gods, all of whom have peculiar resemblance to mainline marvel characters she encounters someone who is a very obvious parallel version of mystique she encounters very blatant versions of storm and thor she encounters some really kind of sideways interpretations of characters like nightcrawler and the hulk uh eventually we find what did you say nightcrawler Yeah. Uh, so the dude with like all of the weird tangle of vines all over him. I'm pr- gilly soup dude. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be Nightcrawler.
1: Hmm. What was his name?
0: Uh, his name was Kuya, and that's an interesting it's me- Japanese for Kurt Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like all of these characters have like just Japanese names. They are not like with, with a couple of pretty blatant exceptions. Like there, there's the Hulk equivalent is not named. Like Hulk san, the character's name is Halbo. Like, they're, they're not direct, they're not parallels that an English speaker with very limited grasp of Japanese would immediately pick up on. In some cases, I'm not entirely sure that they're connected at all. Like, I don't know what the connection is between Thor and the Japanese name here, Sosuke. I, I don't know if there is one. I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, throughout this adventure, Marika wears a jawbone of an ogre. On her face. And it's like her armor. It actually allows her to channel the power of her mother. Who it turns out is herself a demon. uh, In the battle with the uh, Thor and Storm analogs. Her mother's spirit comes out and reveals that this being who's after her. It's her sister. And Mariko's task is to save her sister. They have a, a final showdown. Mariko and her sister whose name is Ogin? Ugin? It's something like that. Mm-hmm. The sister ultimately triumphs, but isn't able to bring herself to kill Mariko. Abandons Mariko and kind of runs off. And it's sort of this bittersweet victory where it's like uh, her Mariko's grandmother and her nursemaid, who is weirdly a black widow parallel, um, kind of reveal that you know because Ugin wasn't able to or Ogin wasn't able to uh, kill Mariko. That shows that she's kind of redeeming herself, that she's learning, that she's growing. And I don't know, the whole series ends on kind of this big question mark. Mariko goes back to school and is followed by demons and other like yokai spirits on her way. So the world is going to be forever different for her. Really interesting sort of story from Marvel. Absolutely love the artwork. Very interested to hear what you two have to say about
1: it. Hold on, this isn't an opinion. I just did some quick bit of research. Ogin, or Oji, or Ogin, or however you want to pronounce it, in this book is supposed to be an adaptation of the character Ogun, who is a ninja who at some point helped train Wolverine while he was in Japan.
0: I did wonder, because Mariko is a very prominent character in Wolverine's story. I'm trying to remember if Ogin was in that uh, Wolverine series that we read. Uh, Mariko was. Yeah, my, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I think one of the ones that I, the couple of the ones that did surprise me is the young, one of the young girls, I think in the first book, Suki, I'm going off of the wiki, okay? Right, so, right, right. Because <laughs> I, I read all this like in one sitting and it all kind of has birched together. So yeah. this is helping me separate the issues. <laughs> but Suki is meant to be a uh, Moonstar or, uh, yeah, Danny Moonstar.
0: Interesting. I did not mm-hmm. realize that. The other young girl from the manga issue is, you know, an exorcist who fights demons with fireworks. She's a Jubilee analog, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. I almost, we could almost rank these as two different stories. Because that first manga issue has almost no bearing. Uh, sai's companion, the, the wolf named Logan, is a recurring character and actually pops up in Mariko's story.
1: And a company, sir, for quite a while.
0: And a company, sir, for quite a while. But yeah, I, I think they... I don't know that they really qualify as separate stories. I think it's interesting that, you know, the story... This whole story begins with a character who metatextually is, like, in the middle of a reinterpretation of the Marvel Universe reading a comic that is itself a metatextual interpretation of the Marvel Universe. I have no idea if it means anything or if it's just, you know, clever setup for... Some of the demons and the ogres that she encounters down the way.
2: That's I. I decided to just like absorb it and not try to figure out. Oh, this is this person. This is this person because that bothers me when we get these other takes. Then it just becomes a hide and seek, or look and find kind of activity. Yeah. Instead of seeing, you know, a a new spin on the characters. Um, seeing them in a new light seeing them in top 10 uh, art like this this is some of the best art it may possibly the best art we've had um out of everything we've read it's absolutely gorgeous and and the fact that it's done by one person colors letters inks uh, or not letters excuse me colors and inks and uh pencils is absolutely gorgeous it's really i i am blown away by the paneling by some of the poses just getting that that uh Japanese style but also making it um, familiar and still work for you know some more well-known characters when we've read stuff like um, 1602 and even like Marvel zombies you know I guess that's that's less of that's just what if everyone became a zombie and not like a new story but everyone's a different character you know Mm -hmm. very soon we get everyone back into their established roles, just, oh, we're all dogs now. No, oh, we're all pilgrims now. Whatever. Um, this was a different type of story that happened to have some Marvel characters kind of playing roles, and it wasn't so much beholden to, you know, those different characters. It was, here's a spy. She's a crafty lady. It's it's Black Widow, and it didn't have to, you know, well, how did she, how was she the same age? And... Would that work? Like, does she... Uh, can she get, like, from Russia to Japan? Like, who cares? It's it's just, That's Black Widow. She's a spy. Um, You know,
1: I really enjoyed it. I enjoy it when it's, like, obvious enough in the sense that I don't have to think about it. Like, the Black Widow thing is very obvious. It's very, like, oh, that's Black Widow. Okay, that's what this character is, like, originally supposed to be. And because this is meant to be, like, its totally own thing, so I... I wasn't doing the mental gymnastics of trying to figure out how that would work. It was just like, oh, that's who kind of inspired this character. So I think for me, like, that's fine. I think the stuff that I didn't get at the beginning, kind of like Ogin, and I think Reina was the other one that I wasn't sure on at the beginning. Those are the ones where, like, I just set it aside. I was like, I'll just destroy the story for now, and then I'll come back later and, you know, figure that out. But, like, it doesn't, at least for me, like right? Like, that whole kind of hide-and-seek or, like, who's who? Because it is neat to see those interpretations. And... One of the things I am happy about, though, is that they didn't do the thing that a lot of people do, it feels like, where they didn't give them a punny Japanese name that, like, Black Widow's name wasn't Black Widow in Japanese, right? It wasn't like Kuro whatever spider is in Japanese. Like, that wasn't her name. So, like, I like that her name was just Kuroki, which actually, now that I think about it, Kuro Black. So... But apart from that, uh, at least everything else wasn't, like, that obvious to me. And I was kind of looking at it a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know. I I like how they handle that here. Obviously, like, when we were reading, like, Marvel 1602, it's actually really distracting, right? Because it's very much like, this is Spider-Man, but, like, a Pilgrim Spider-Man. Also, here's Captain America as a Native American. <laughs> the worst. Rojas. Yeah, Rojas. I hate yeah, Rojas. We, yeah, so we don't have any of that here. So it is, at least for me, part of the fun is trying to figure out who's supposed to be who but the fact that it's very much its own little thing its own like separate project means i didn't have to worry about it yeah y'all ever y'all ever
0: read uh yusagi ojimbo i do ever read you do ever read all right
1: (laughs) yeah no yusagi ojimbo yeah i've read a little bit i think you've let me borrow a couple volumes
0: yeah this is what yusagi ojimbo is like in a lot of ways and that's good Mm -hmm. I don't have... Like, I don't know. Yusagi Ojimbo is one of those comic series where it's like every issue is good. It's not necessarily the best. It's never bad. It's just good, solid, turned up. Heck yeah, I'm here for some good comics. And uh, some of what makes Yusagi Ojimbo so interesting is the way that it kind of tackles a lot of Japanese folklore and stuff. This book Mm -hmm. reads like Yusagi Ojimbo. And that is... Quite seriously, some of the highest praise I can ever give to a comic.
1: I would also say that this comic reminds me a lot of the tale of Princess Kaguya, a Ghibli film. By... Yeah, I see that. Oh, that uh, I forgot the name. We we're talking about That's Takahata, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Isao Taka Takahata. Yeah, yeah. Who's the other kind of brilliant mastermind behind Studio Ghibli? Even though Miyazaki tends to get all the praise, this stuff is more mainstream. But Tiger's <laughs> Yeah yeah. It has a sad ending, but it is based on the story that has a sad ending. Yeah, so. Again, this the art style very specifically reminds me of, of that. Because mm-hmm. the Tale of Princess Kaguya feels like this book, but in motion.
0: Yeah. We should talk specifically about the art.
1: Yeah, it has like that very watercolor uh what's it called in Japan I think it's called like Oshioe art style.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say watercolor, so
0: Take it away. <laughs> uh, is it Ukiyo-e?
1: I think it's Ukiyo-e. You might be right.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. They just had some magic cards that had that style
1: recently. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's Ukiyo-e. I, I messed that up really confidently with my chest out. I really messed that up. <laughs> but <laughs> it is Ukiyo-e.
0: Tuck that chest back in, Gaijin.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna concave my chest here. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I do recommend, it, it's it's also like that woodblock print type art style. Like it also is like brushes and stuff like that. It's it's just a whole genre of mm-hmm. art. <laughs> I recommend looking it up if you like this type of art style.
0: Yeah.
1: I think, the, I think the most notable one I can mention that people will probably recognize is the Great Wave of Japan. of uh, Great Wave of Hokusai? Is that what that is? Not Hokusai. That's an artist. Kanagawa. That's
0: right. Great Wave of Kana, Kana, Kanagawa.
1: Anyways, yeah, so like that's kind of a little bit of that word, so.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I'm i just looking at the panel where, you know, Thor and uh, Storm reveal themselves, you know, because it's like, oh, it's hey, it's Storm and Thor, and like Storm is like this little girl with the cool little cape, and then they're like, nope, we're gods, and uh, we are not Oni, and then, whoa, they uh, kind of reveal their true forms, and Thor is this lion-dragon kind of face, and Storm almost looks like... She almost looks like how they depict Atlanteans a little bit, but she has like her crown and everything and her long hair again. You know, a bit more like Storm, but also very much like oh, this is a Japanese uh, weather god. Um, just incredible, incredible art throughout. You know, mm-hmm. and all of it is well done. You know, the coloring is well done. I enjoy the paneling and how you know we get how things are broken up. You know, this this watercolor style, whatever the. Mm-hmm. You can just call it. The traditional okay.
1: Well, whatever well I want to use the cool words. <laughs> the, the two people who know struggled already, John. We don't need a third <laughs> safe face for us.
2: I think because at the end we get these yokai files, right? Mhm. And I think you know we get a, there's a thunder god, there's a wind god, so we have Rajin and Fujin, Thor and yeah, we have Thor and we have Storm. And so I like that they're, she's she's telling a story and then where possible plugging in a Marvel character for that role, but not trying to set it up to just tell the same old story. But ooh, we have it in you know in this color. You know it's it's. Uh, a much much more interesting take on it yeah i cannot
1: get over the art i cannot get over the art it is so dang good it is so good talking about those interpretations i actually really appreciated that those two in particular were based on real well you know quote unquote real japanese gods right right they're they're based on rajin fujin and the fact that they have thor and and storm really works for it uh, it's kind of as analogs right so you get like this really cool you know overlap on those characters but i also really like that not every character has to have an equivalent mm-hmm. if that yeah. makes sense because like, we get the hulks and i think the hulks would have been really easy to like try and find some sort of japanese god or, or whatever but no they're just they're just oni they're just like normal oni and they're not like any more special than than a regular oni is other than one of them is sealed right the the halbo was sealed with like the, yeah. the, the little paper but like other than that, it's like oh, they're just they're just oni, they're just ogre type yokai. Okay.
0: So I know we've we've covered this point, but something about the way John presented it I thought was really cool, uh, and mm-hmm. kind of want to highlight it. The characters in this story are often they're basically portrayed by Marvel characters as if those Marvel characters were themselves actors and. The story is the story. It's not trying to retell Marvel stories. It's just trying to be its own story that happens to be cast by Marvel characters. And those characters are stepping in and they're performing a role and they're excellently cast. Like that's, that's the the metaphor that I think is coming to mind and is really working for me is that they, this is a story. They're just kind of telling their own story and it just so happens to be cast
1: with Marvel characters. And the casting work is really good. Yeah. Also, I am 90% confident that Raina's just so
0: uh, it's either silk or spider Gwen, because she's got kind of the right coloring. because mm-hmm. um, she gives she gives her some spider venom, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's got the purple for some reason the purple like of her scarf is making me think of Spider Gwen, like Spider Gwen's hood.
1: See, and because she has like a scarf, I was kinda of thinking more of silk, because she tends to wear like that bandana type mask. True. And the fact that she was using silk. Uh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to throw that in there because I,
2: I tried to... Now, don't. You can't, you can't apply that to everything. Iron Man's suit, <laughs> contrary to its uh, name, it's not not iron.
1: You know what? That's fair. And uh, Black Widow, surprisingly, not a widow. Uh-uh. Nor is she black. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh, Steven, you can't just say someone isn't
1: black <laughs>
0: I mean, I feel like I can. I feel like it's important in some contexts.
1: The power's gone to his head. Eminem.
0: World famous performer. Not black. Kind of important to his identity that he not be black, weirdly. Not going down this train of thought any further, though. Because I don't think it's going to lead anywhere good. Not again.
2: (laughs) Steven, just so we're clear, Barry White is black.
0: And Louis Black is white. Yeah, it's real, This is a crazy thing. Real ebony and ivory situation going on here.
1: Yeah, John Ham, however, not a pig. <laughs> <laughs> but I was gonna say, but definitely, but definitely, still but, a meal. But but Kevin Bacon.
2: <laughs> I feel like we're ready to rank. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I have run out of food
0: actors, but I'll
1: come back. Food actors, oh no. Halle Berry, she was right there. Oh yeah. Eh, I guess John's not very not. Very happy about that one. Oh, actually, I remember something I wanted to bring up, especially since we oh, were yeah. talking so much. We were talking so much about the kind of distasteful, like, suicide joke at the end of Deadpool. But the mom in the story here was just like, I'm tired. And then offed herself. Oh, and yeah. then became a mask spirit. And she's, it's like, I'm tired. I'm just going to abandon my kids. Bye. Harakiri time. And it's like, oh. Well, I'm also tired, but I also don't commit harakiri every time I clock off work. Yeah. yeah. That was a little that was kind it's of upsetting. a weird point in the book. Yeah, one one it's upsetting, right? Cuz it just kind of comes out of nowhere. It is like a suicide thing and it is very much like she is dead. She is now a spirit in that mask of whatever cuz that mask can only summon help from the dead ancestors of the family or whatever so we know she's dead but it's just one it comes out of nowhere right which is a little surprising there's kind of no real lead up to that and two it feels just kind of pointless it feels like they couldn't quite figure out how to do a tragic mom death in the allotted time so they were just like okay bye i don't entirely agree i think that it
0: reads more like I don't know. I think it's kind of unavoidable that the death is not super well executed, uh, if you'll pardon the choice of words. We're going to need a content warning on this episode. (laughs) Holy crap.
1: Uh, Steven, if you want to do that, that'd be great. Because if I do it, it's just going to be like, yo, we're going to talk about suicide. It's going to sound real positive, but it's not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure if you put some thought into it.
1: I'm trying
2: to see how that plays out specifically with her mom and I'm on the wrong issue but I'm seeing gorgeous fight like fight art between the two sisters it's just so good mm-hmm. just everyone has their own visual style like you know who's who very clearly everyone looks good um, wolves are wolverines are not wolves wolverine is not a wolf that's why his name is Logan I know it's, <laughs> it's just he's not a wolf Anyway. Also, Wolverine
1: has two eyes. That is correct.
2: Except in some, like, right before he
0: died, I think he had one eye for a while there.
1: They call me One-Eye Logan. Anyway,
0: the point I was gonna make...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that was a
0: thing. (laughs) That was a thing. I feel like the intent of this story is to kind of have these two sisters whose mother died on them early in this very sort of horrifying senseless act kind of unpack their guilt and their the, the damage that's been done to their relationship as a result of it i don't know that that aspect of it is is coming through very well or if that's just me like projecting onto it i like to give this story more credit than to just say oh the mom died and isn't that silly and pointless and and out of nowhere but at the same time i i do think that there's something wanting from the execution
1: yeah i feel like that's at least for me that's the only real complaint i have of the story overall and i think for me it's because everything else is so like well executed right it's kind of like you said not every chapter in this is amazing but they're all good so the fact that like we have that one thing that again to me feels like it comes out of nowhere and doesn't really lead up to a whole lot other than motivation for these girls is really like a down point. But honestly, if that's the biggest complaint I have of this book, then it's like, you know, all things considered, that's not bad at all.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, great character designs, too. Like, some of them are very obvious plays on established character designs. Like Thor. Like Thor, like Storm, like Mystique's character, like...
1: Well, uh, Sabretooth.
0: Yeah, the Sabretooth character. But, like, the reason that I wanted to bring up the character designs, and I, I can't believe I almost forgot to say this, is Mariko in her jawbone armor with her sword. That's such a good look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a good design. I don't know if, like, jawbone armor is a thing. Kind
1: of?
2: Not by itself, though. Right, 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 right. yeah. That's what makes this unique to things we've seen before. You know, Mm -hmm. Gladiator had, like, a, a helmet, you know. Maximus had a helmet that had, like, you know. Or somebody had a bear kind of helmet, you know. That's husband to a murdered wife. Father to a murdered son. I have my vengeance. This life or the next.
1: <laughs> you actually do a pretty, a pretty good Russell Crow impersonation.
2: <laughs> Not on purpose. That's just uh, that's that's as far as it goes. So, um, I loved Black Widow. Uh, her designing this because until you until you know it's Black Widow, it's like, well, what's uh, what's, what's her deal? What's the deal? Oh, oh, she's got. Look at the wrists. Look at the wrists. It's Black Widow. She got the wristy so, thingies. Yeah, the wristy thingies. I did enjoy, at the very end of the uh, Blood Feud, is the the last issue. I love at the end of the last issue that we get the teaser that we are going to get, I guess, this summer going on right now. The reimagining of the Marvel Universe. Marvel, according to Pete... That's rad. There's like
0: a demon uh, war event.
2: Peach Momoko's reimagining of the Marvel Universe will be expanding this summer. I followed her on instagram just mm-hmm. because i liked her art and then all of a sudden it started turning marvel and started getting better and i kept sending you guys stuff and saying can you believe this and then like didn't and then all of a sudden this happened out of nowhere you know and i and you you know steven i think so hey yeah uh, you know there's this whole thing we could read in. absolutely in love with it
1: mm-hmm. i believe it's supposed to come out next month or the month after that but demon wars the iron samurai obviously an iron man reference so yeah that's supposed to be coming and like the the jawbone armor is in the cover for that, so I guess that might should that might play in.
2: Yeah, hopefully we see some more. Yeah, this is one out. I would own. I would own, you know, actual copies of this one.
1: The the cover for this very much looks like it's supposed to be civil war. And there is a spider person in there. I'm assuming a yokai. And I kinda love that it's I'm guessing that's just supposed to be Spider Man. <laughs> good, good. Good book,
0: yeah. Uh, let's 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 do the ranking. It's a good book, Bront.
1: <laughs> ranking.
0: They're all good books, Bront.
1: <laughs> no, no, they're not. <laughs> Why well, we have a list with a top and a bottom?
0: True. Uh, speaking of the the top of the list, Ms. Marvel. No normal. Very very bottom of the list is number two hundred and one. The evil that men do. Where do you all want to put this uh, Deadpool story? It's it's just called Deadpool
2: Bullseye. Mm-hmm. so i'm I'm dropping down I'm looking at stuff it's definitely kind of our benchmark for like middle of the list like is our Star wars new hope manga we bring a lot that's currently at 93 yeah um there's good stuff above it there's good stuff below it but the lower you go beyond that point it's tricky because you know down here we have famous storylines, like Dean in a Bottle, Old Man Logan. We have uh, House of M. We have um, some stuff like Nova, the reimagining of Noah, Nova with uh, Sam Ryder, you know, Rich Ryder's son, and Riri Williams as Ironheart is on here. But I, I, it's it's tricky because, yeah, there was some stuff that like wasn't good in this Deadpool, but it was still funny, and so I'm kind of at a loss. I'm thinking somewhere
1: in like the 140s maybe. I'm not even sure. What do you guys think? Oh, I was going to say I enjoyed this a lot more than Project Calcium, but uh, I I cannot put this above staying in So I was actually just looking right around the hundreds, but that's I wasn't as put off by some of the stuff in the
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like there's a part of me that wants to try to be objective about this and be like you know, it's actually pretty funny. There's some good moments. The art is enjoyable. There's some weird character development between these two characters. If you're a Deadpool fan, I can see why, like, check this out. And there's a part of me that's like, which story would I recommend a person read before they read this one? And by that criteria, I'm definitely more down in John's neighborhood than up in all those. There are a few. Like, I like I like this more than Project Gelsimian. I always
2: say it wrong. <laughs> but not more than Dead End Kids. Well, Messiah War, even though it's not my favorite part of that trilogy, still like it more. And that has Deadpool, and that's a smaller role, and I think that works in that, but... uh.
1: I'll let you guys decide on that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, I just found Executioner's Song on the list and decided, no, this needs to go above Executioner's Song because at no point does Strife force-feed his dad baby food. It's such a weird image. I'm never gonna get that. I mean at no point does Deadpool do that? Because Strife does. No point in the Deadpool story is Strife shoving baby food down Cyclops' mouth. Fair, okay. But I...
1: What almost made in the USA? Oh, that was America Chavez. Ugh,
0: that story was should have been good, and it, it kind of wasn't.
1: I would put this below Nova, above Superior Iron Man? I
0: agree with Nova being better, so I think that might not be a bad place for it. 116? John, how do you feel? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Cool. Big, big caveat for me that, like, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend the story to basically anyone. But if you are interested in Deadpool, there are more offensive things you could read, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, yeah. You know. Heck, I think we might have some on this list. Mhm. But now let's talk about good stuff. Let's talk about Demon Days. Gosh, I can't believe Sorry, Absolute I'm scrolling Carnage. Up. Yeah, like scroll the heck <laughs> up. I can't believe Absolute Carnage is in our top 20. But the story was really good though. How did that get up there? It's good. It's like ridiculously, surprisingly good.
2: I think that I'm mixing it up with the other yeah, Carnage maximum story Carnage. that we read. Yes. Yeah, Maximum
0: Carnage, which was not. Absolute Carnage surprised me with how good it was.
1: That's a recent book, too. That's.
0: T- it makes me want to read more of The King in Black. Because if I enjoyed the prequel to The King in Black this much, it, it, it... Yeah,
1: but... Oh, that's right. It was a prequel to that, huh? This was a prequel to The King in Black. Yeah, okay... I, rem- I remember I remember a lot now. Okay, it's all coming back to me. I I might need someone to
0: talk me down because the reason I'm looking at Absolute Carnage is because I kind of think this book is better, but I'm basing it almost exclusively on the art. Am I being too hyperbolic here?
1: No. <laughs>
0: the art belongs there, but the story and the
2: writing, I I think it's a little tougher because it's the story is good and it's it, it's I, I like it a lot, but. It was, it was like very easily to, I'm I'm still not, I'm not still thinking about it. It was like, that was very nice. I'm really glad that I read that. I'm going to buy a physical copy of it because the art is so good and the story services the art just fine. I liked the story of like somewhere around Man Without Fear better. Where is that? That's 21. That is 21.
1: I mean, that's not that much It's like
2: right, it's like right there, you know, but I want, it's like. I want there to be, like, an asterisk, like, hey, the art is, like, the story is, like, still still too new to, you know, unseat Galactus or something. You know, it's it's true.
1: I I don't know. Absolute Carnage is a 2019 book, and it's up there in that top 20. And I think this is probably a better book than that, specifically because it stands alone even more. And with the exception of two, two complaints that I have, which is, you know, the weird kind of mom death in the middle and the lack of overt gorillas references... For a book named Demon Days, <laughs> <laughs> I think even if the story isn't that strong, it is a very good story that I wouldn't have any problems recommending to somebody. And the reimagining of the characters are really well done. That I and think it makes it more story... accessible
0: to have reimagined characters.
1: Yeah. So like the fact that like it's the story isn't like doesn't leave me thinking about it a whole lot. It doesn't like have me philosophizing on stuff. But like, they did absolute carnage. So Absolute Carnage
0: absolutely had me philosophizing. Uh, about what? Uh, like the the whole, I don't remember. It was good though. <laughs> that, one's, that one is more, it's a Venom book, right? Yeah, it was a Venom book. Where, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I need to freaking reread that. So <laughs> it was fun. It was good. Um, yeah, like I don't, I do think we're actually in the right neighborhood for it because the other book that I'm kind of thinking of here is The Last Days of Magic which is that Doctor Strange story where dude wields an axe. Mm-hmm. And right. art is so good there. The, the Chris Bacallo art is so good. And saying, the story uh, itself is... you always say Bacallo? I've always said Bacallo. Yeah. I don't know if it's right.
2: Have
1: you been saying Bachalo this whole time? Yeah. Bachalo. Isn't he Hispanic? Say, I will look it up. Anyway, sorry about that tangent.
0: Anyway, good and comparable. And I might recommend it above The Last Days of Magic. So... I don't know I'm like I'm okay if we go somewhere between like the coming of Galactus and the last days of magic anywhere in there it's that's really like laudable company some of my favorite books in that range uh Chris Bacallo Bacalo, uh born in Canada
2: raised in Southern California so he's one of those Northern Hispanics <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway so I don't know he's really good I don't see a pronunciation guide on here. The Wikipedia has failed me. Anyway.
1: It's Chris Pacello. Isn't that a music fest? (laughs) No, it's Chris. That's Chris Coachella.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, I am totally fine with putting this at number 19, although it sounds like you're okay with it. I think, I think highest I would go is 22, but I also, you know, Uh, winter soldier is really good. No shame.
1: I I'm really aiming for 19.
2: (sighs) Is that
0: it? Are we steamrolling
1: John? (laughs) yeah yeah yeah.
2: cool let's do Uh, it you know what the art's so good totally fine yeah i i think
0: like this is the range where if you don't like if a book doesn't beat another book it's like cool that book's still good though (laughs) yeah it's like
2: we're all winners it's okay yeah
0: if if you read any books in our top 25 top 30 like you're in for a really good time the possible exception there being dark phoenix which is as high as it is because of how seminal it is but it is kind of homework
1: I would put that at least twenty books down. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I think it's really I think it's
1: worth reading. I would put um, it right, right right below Truth Red, White, and Black. I like I like me that white guilt. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Yeah. Oh boy.
0: Anyway, um let's talk about I love
1: seeing a white man sweat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've getting so comfortable. You're getting too comfortable one day one of us is gonna get famous and somebody's gonna go digging through this no. podcast and they're gonna find something we all gonna get canceled.
1: I feel like if I if anything I have said on any podcast is cancelable and like I'm ashamed of it, I have not been my true self.
2: I don't think I've said anything. well doesn't
0: matter what I think <laughs> it matters the people that I have somehow offended. Uh, so for our next episode, we've got a couple of unrelated stories. I guess partially related in the sense that I expect the art is going to be pretty good in both of them. We're revisiting the Dan Slott Silver Surfer run from 2014, issues number six through ten, which constitute the second trade, the second part of the the big story that uh, Slott and Mike Allred are telling there. And then we're grabbing kind of an odd. Marvel Knights story, Shanna the She-Devil from 2005. Randomly selected because Aldo really likes Frank Cho.
1: I really do. I have a bunch of his, like, uh, what is it? Liberty Meadows. I have a bunch of his Liberty Meadows collection. Yeah, uh,
0: we'll we'll need to talk about this a little bit more next time, but I've borrowed some of those from you. Liberty Meadows is is decent. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's really decent. Yeah.
1: So I want to get my hands... I think the first volume has some of them, but I really want to get my hands on some of the original, like, his college Liberty Meadows uh, issues. I don't know.
0: You expect, because Frank Cho, he, he likes to draw himself some pretty women. And so you kind mm-hmm. of expect the stories to go one way. And I can't really speak for this. It's it's a story about China the She-Devil, the bikini lady. It might it absolutely go that direction. Liberty Meadows does not, though. It's It's surprisingly just cute and charming. And I don't know. I'm excited to read some some more mainstream Frank Cho stuff. He's done a lot for Marvel.
1: Mm-hmm. He's a really big cover artist for them.
0: He's a really big cover artist. He's done some work on uh, Amadeus Cho when uh, Cho was the Hulk for a while. Cho brothers. Chothers. Oh, no. <laughs> Chothers sounds like the name of a, a really posh British manservant on The Simpsons specifically (laughs)
2: yes chuthers will you bring the digestive biscuits in here please (laughs) we're out on the veranda today chuthers oh my chuthers you're actually a brand of cookie are you not yes chuthers bring chuthers the chocolate ones out here please
1: you
0: know what chuthers apparently a real name
1: (laughs) (laughs) i hate it wow i'm sorry for anybody named chuthers (laughs) It
0: also has a definition on Urban Dictionary, which I would encourage you not to read out loud on the podcast where we're trying to avoid the E level. Hey, one of these things is not like the chuthers, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs>